Would you turn to the book of Ephesians, please? The fourth chapter. For some weeks now, we've been on the subject of uh, no room or no place for the devil. And our text here, our main text, is Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, about verse 23, he's talking about being renewed in the spirit of your mind, putting on the new man, verse 24. Verse 25, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Verse 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Can you see that those things he was talking about, lying would be giving place to the enemy, yielding to rage and acting on that would be giving place to the enemy. Stealing is giving place to the enemy. Corrupt communication. And one part of that, what is corrupt communication? Well, he, he said instead of talking that way, good words, things that edify. Well, the opposite of building up is tearing down. So corrupt communication would include words and things that tear down. And that'd be yielding to the enemy. The enemy is the one that would inspire you to say things to people that berate and belittle them. That's yielding to the enemy. God would give us words to build people up and strengthen them and help them. But it all, before and after this verse, you can see, he's talking about things that would be even Christians, he's writing to the saints at Ephesus, giving place to the enemy or yielding to him. Said out loud, give no place to the devil. Now in James 4, you see the same, a similar thing said. You'll see a similar thing said in Peter. And so we have three different witnesses. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established with Paul with uh, James and with Peter saying really the same thing about not giving the devil any place. James 4 and 7. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Do what? Resist the devil. Is that another way of saying give him no place? How are you going to prevent him from having place. It'll be by resisting him. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there's so much revelation and light here. There must be a devil or we wouldn't be told to resist him. The same Bible that tells us about God and angels, holy angels, tells us about the devil and evil spirits, doesn't it? And you have, you know, much of the church acts like the devil doesn't exist. And you got a few folks that go out of that ditch, cross the road into another ditch, and they talk too much about the devil, and they're afraid of the devil. Their talking and meditating on it produces fear. 
If you hear teaching on the devil and demons and evil spirits and the end result is just fear, well, that's wrong teaching. Because the Word of God reveals that you have authority over all these things. You must have authority or you wouldn't be able to successfully resist the devil. You must have authority and power as a Christian or he would not have to flee. Submit yourselves to God. Now, this is so important. Look at that verse again, verse 7. The first thing he said is what? Submit yourselves. Actually, I need to back up a little bit to get a, a, a better sense of this. In the um, sixth verse, back up if you would. It says, God gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. And you'll see, and we're going to read in Peter in just a moment, he brought up the very same thing about humility and submission. And then he talks about resisting the devil. Here, same thing, humility and submission and resisting the devil. Do you need to keep those ideas together? Why? Well, you'll find out, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but the enemy wants you to practice this verse in reverse. He wants you to submit yourself to him and resist God. And you might think, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. You have done that. That's what Adam and Eve did. That's what most of the population on the planet is doing. Doing what? Submitting themselves to the enemy and resisting God. But a real child of God that's walking with him is going to do it this way. Verse 7. You submit yourself to God. Now submission is a very unpopular word in our generation. In fact, it has been unpopular for a long time. Submission. (laughs) And its companion word, obedience. (laughs) It's, why did you laugh? Because the devil hates these words. And your flesh hates these words. Obey. Obey. Submit. <laughs> now we'll, we'll come help out as we can, but don't be talking about no obey. <laughs> submit. Well, God does talk about Submit. And obey, and there's reasons why, we're going to see it more clearly, I believe, today, why this is the issue that it is. And why he said this, God gives grace to the humble. Then he said, verse 7, submit yourself. Nobody's going to make you do that. The understood subject is you. You have to submit yourself or it won't be done. You submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Why would you need to say that phrase first? Because if you're yielding to the enemy, you're resisting God. 
And if you try to resist the enemy, he's going to laugh at you because he knows you're already yielding to him. You're yielding to him. He doesn't have to listen to you. So the prerequisite for being able to successfully resist the enemy is what? Submitting to, and that includes obeying, submitting to and obeying God. Look in 1 Peter. Go over there to 1 Peter 5, please. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. You'd think he's reading in James. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Can you see that that the talking about submitting and humility is part of this passage. This all goes together. You should not separate them. They go together. And when we read in Ephesians, and we're going to see it in just a moment about Ephesians 6, where he talks about put, take the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against. Well, in fact, let's just go there right now. Ephesians 6 You'll see what built up to this, what led up to him saying these things, both in our text about give the devil no place, and then here in Ephesians 6 about taking the armor of God and standing against the wiles of the enemy. Ephesians 6, start at the beginning of the chapter here, verse 1. Children, Obey. Everybody say obey. Obey Obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Verse 5, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. And and he's talking about that same thing through verse 9. And then verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What does one have to do with the other? Because now he's about to talk to us about spiritual conflict. He says, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand or withstand. And then he says, stand, or stand against, or withstand. And he talks about the uh, different parts of what he calls the, the armor of God. But what does submission and obedience have to do with this? Well, back up to the, uh, I'm glad you asked, back up to the, <laughs> the second chapter. You know, one, one of the greatest things you can do is uh, 
endeavor to see the overall view of these epistles. You got to watch about taking half of a verse and just focusing on that. It helps so much to get context. And the more you grow in the things of God, the more you start putting things together, connecting the dots, if you will. You think, oh, oh yeah, he was talking about that, and then this, and then. And of course, the Word is living, so you'll always be seeing something new that you haven't seen. But in the second chapter, back near the beginning of this book, he said, verse 1, you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now, see, he talked about in the end of the chapter wicked spirits or wicked influence in the heavenlies. He was already referencing that in the beginning of the book. And he, he's letting us know. Before you got saved, you were under these influences. In time past, you walked according to the course of this world. And it's a worthwhile study on its own, but to see how many times in the New Testament darkness is contrasted with light. And the scriptures basically reveal that the whole world lies under the power of darkness, under the power of the evil one and darkness. Jesus said, I am the light. Hallelujah. He that follows me won't walk in darkness, but he'll have the light of life. But apart from fellowship with Christ, you will be in the dark. No matter how smart you imagine yourself to be, it's not a matter of intelligence. It's just a matter of spiritual reality. Unless you are born again and walking with the light, you will be spiritually blind. You will be in the dark. And that's what he's saying. Keep reading this. He says, uh, you, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air. And then he tells us what kind of spirit this is. He said, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. The entire world is under the influence of this. You could call it the spirit of disobedience. And it's working through the very powers of the air over the planet. Now, you don't have to make much of a search to confirm this. Right? There is global defiance. Defiance. It is the chief problem of the world. Now, that's a big statement. It's the biggest problem of the world. Somebody said, no, Brother Keith, you know, hunger. God can fix hunger. Disease, God can fix disease. He already has. There is nothing God hasn't already 
or can't fix if you'd listen to him. (laughs) If you'd listen to him. And this is the chief problem. We got billions of people who are absolutely going their own way, ignoring him, outright defying him, disrespecting him, blaspheming him, disregarding him. And they have all kinds of problems. The thing is, he can fix anything if You'll come to him and listen, if you'll listen. He said, you were that way. You used to be that way. Before you got saved, you were caught up in the course of this world. The prince of the power of the air influenced you like everybody else. And that spirit of disobedience was working in you. I mean, you sit in little ones. They can be what? Year and a half old. Younger. And some come up and, and, and they learn a, a word. N-O. And you're, you're almost wondering, where did they get that? No. And people laugh, but it ain't funny. It is why the world is the disaster that it is. It's because man learned how to say no. No to God. What happened in the garden with Adam and Eve? They wouldn't listen to God. They didn't listen to him. He told them. Didn't he tell them? You can eat of any of the trees. Anywhere. Help yourself. Have fun. Have a party. Have a picnic. But this one. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. Because if you do. You'll die. Did they listen to God? And sometimes people have tried to. You know. Excuse them in some ways. But this is serious. This was not an accident. They had to act disrespectfully. In order to disregard in order to disobey. They had to tolerate and give place to the enemy coming in, questioning and disrespecting God. Can you see that? Him coming in saying, has God said? And in flat contradicting God said, no, you won't die. Should they have tolerated this? To tolerate it is to give place to it, is to participate in it. They're now participating in questioning God and disrespecting God and what's this leading up to? Disobedience. Not listening. And you know when uh, before the first murder occurred when it happened with Cain I'll read it to you the scripture said concerning him back in Genesis if you'll look there what is the third chapter it wasn't too late Even after Cain messed up on his offering, the Lord said to him in verse 6, this is chapter 4, Genesis 4, 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you so wroth? Remember our text said, be angry and sin not. See, he's already given place to the enemy. 
because he's in a rage. Why is your countenance fallen? That's depression. Anger and depression are indicators that one is yielding to the devil. I'm going to say that again slowly. There's nothing innocent about yielding to depression if you're a believer and you know better. Now, if you're an unbeliever, that's another thing. You don't even know what you're doing. But if you're a believer and you're told and you know how to believe God and yet you just give in to depression, you're just yielding yourself to the enemy. Our anger is the same way. We've all made mistakes, but let's learn. Let's grow and not give any place to the enemy. Depression will try to come to any of us. What must we do? Help me out, child of God. Resist Resist it. Don't just give in to it. Resist it. Yeah, but it it came back 12 times. Welcome to this world. I mean, that's how it works. What do you do? Resist it 12 times. Or the the urge to be mad and angry at somebody. What must you do? Help me out, child of God. Resist that. Resist that. Resist that. But this underlying thing is that you know what to do, but the spirit of disobedience is trying to persuade you and influence you to disobey. Adam and Eve didn't listen to God. They didn't hold on to what he told them. Did he warn them what would happen if they ate of the forbidden tree and fruit? Did they listen to him? They did not. They let the enemy, the spirit of disobedience, sway them into disobeying God. Same thing here with Cain. The Lord said, why are you so mad? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? Should that have given him hope? What's the Lord telling him? You can can get this straight. What should Cain have done at this point? He should have listened. He should have listened to God. He should have received it and taken heed to it. And he should have submitted himself to God and he should have obeyed God. And this murder would not have occurred. But he said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, you can get this right, Cain. You messed up. You know you did. You can get this right. But if you do not well, sin is lying at the door. Some use the word crouch. It reminds us that the enemy is going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Whom may he devour? Those who stop resisting him are the ones he can devour. Who fail to resist him or stop resisting him. And and God himself is speaking directly to Cain and telling him, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, boy, you got to get a hold of this. Sin is right here. It's trying to get you to go with it. But uh, it desires you, like the scripture said, uh, Satan desired 
to sift Peter is like wheat. Desires to, that, what, what is sift? Take you apart, devour you, destroy you. Same kind of thing. He said, but, and you can rule over him. Is he telling Cain, you don't have to give in to this. You don't have to go this way. Get a hold of yourself. Did Cain listen to God? He did not listen to God. Now, I'm not saying this for us to judge Cain, because every one of us have messed up in the same area. Every one of us have not listened to God. But do we have to keep being fools and not listening to God? Not listening to God. I mean, uh, you'll find it, what is it, 1100 sometimes where the Lord talks about, hearken to me, (laughs) listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Have you read the scriptures at all? Take heed. That, that's all King James Old English. But what would we say today? Listen to me. You, you can hear the Spirit of God just almost in an ache over the planet saying what? Would you listen to me? And what is most of the world doing? No. No. They are going to do it their way. No. And that is the way that they may think is right for them, but it leads to destruction. And it's the enemy. He is the rebel. He is the defiant, proud one. And he is influencing the planet And the prince of the power of the air, the prince of darkness, is influencing through the spirit that works disobedience. Disobedience. Can you see why in every one of these passages, before it talks about resisting the devil, it's talking about submit, obey. Can you see that? Humble yourself. Submit. Why? Because if you're yielding to rebellion and defiance, you're not going to be successful resisting the devil. You're already yielding to him. He knows he doesn't have to listen to you because you're listening to him. Go to Psalm 80, please. 81, I believe it is. Psalm 81. Psalm 81 and verse 8. You can hear the heart of God in this. And you can see this more than one place. He said, hear, oh my people. What's the first word? What would we say today? Listen, Listen to me. My, and he's talking to his own people. Listen to me, my people. I'll testify to you. Oh, Israel, if you will hearken to me, if you will, there shall no strange God be in you, neither shall you worship any strange God. You know, let's just talk about that. When he delivered them out of Egyptian bondage, Didn't he command them not to serve any other God but him? Make no idols. Is that right? He even told them what would happen if they did. So what did they do? Did they listen? They didn't listen. And eventually all the bad things happened that he warned them would happen. Not because it was his will, but because they wouldn't listen. Verse 10. I'm the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Anybody like that? I will fill it. 
But, verse 11, but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries, and the haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves to him. But their time, God's people's time, should have endured forever. Can you see? The enemy would have had to go. Can you see that? This principle has always been this way. He said, if you'd listen to me, they had Philistine problems. They had Assyrian problems. They had other problems. But could God have taken care of those Philistine problems, Assyrian problems? Are you kidding? Yeah, that wasn't the problem. They're like, well, we got economic problems. We got international problems. We, we got this problems. We No, you got not listening problems. Because God, that ain't no thing for him. Philistine problems is like no problem at all to him. Can he fix your economy? Can he take care of your finances? Can, can he heal your body? Can, can he? Can he? Can he fix your marriage and your family? Can he? Can he? Can he? Can he? Can he? He don't even have to figure it out. He's got it. He's had it. He knows. What's the problem? The problem is even God's own people won't listen. Won't listen. Even when they nod their head and act like they're listening. The next day, they go do something else. You, one time I was reading in the Old Testament, and I kept seeing God's first covenant people that he brought out of Egypt. He'd tell them to do something, they'd do the opposite. I mean, this happened over and over and over again. You remember the manna test? When, when the manna rained down from heaven, out of the sky, and he'd say, uh, go get some, but don't save it. So what'd they do? They saved it. And he, then he'd say on Sunday, now don't go out and get it today. So what'd they do? They went out on the Sabbath. And you just see that over and over again. He'd say, don't do it. They'd do it. He'd say, do it. They wouldn't do it. And uh, I, I said, God, what's wrong with these people? He said, they're a lot like y'all. <laughs> I thought, what? No, no. Please, no. But is it true? I mean, you still got this same spirit of disobedience over the whole planet influencing this no, I don't have to, I do what I want, you can't make me. Now the reason I'm talking about all this, you got to identify it or elsewise you'll be yielding to the enemy and not even realize what you're doing. Because you've been around it so long, maybe given into it so many times, but this, when you have a feeling of defiance come up in you. You need to remember what God told Cain. Sin's at the door. The enemy's trying to get a hold of you here. What, you, what do you need to do? You need to submit yourself. Everybody say submit yourself. You need to submit yourself to God. Humble yourself. 
Submit yourself and be willing and purposed to obey. Listen to him and obey what he tells you to do. Then you can resist the devil. And he'll flee from you because he has nothing in you. Oh, can you see that, child of God? He'll have to believe. He'll have to run away because he has no hold on you. He has no place, no hook in you. You wouldn't give it to him. You wouldn't join his rebellion. You're not going to be disrespectful, defiant, and disobedient. You're going to be what the world hates. You're going to humble yourself. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You're going to humble yourself. You're going to submit yourself. You're going to obey. And man, if you do, see, the world despises that because that looks like weakness to them. But what it does in God, it puts you in a place of power over the enemy and all of his works. You can't take your place over the enemy in authority until you take your place under God. You don't have a place of power unless you take the place under God. Then you can resist the enemy. He has to. Has no choice. Has to flee. But you got flesh. I got flesh. We all got flesh. Our flesh didn't get saved when our inner man got born again. And the nature of that flesh. mm, Is I want what I want. When I want it. The way I want it. And can't nobody tell me that's the enemy's hook in life after life. Keep reading. He said, oh, that my people had hearkened to me. Oh, that my, if, if you'll hearken to me, if you'll listen to me. But my people wouldn't listen to me, verse 11. So I let them go their own way. Verse 13, oh, that they had listened to me and walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries and the haters of the Lord would have had to submit themselves to him. Verse 16, he would have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and the honey out of the rock would I have satisfied thee. Does it sound like eating the good of the land? Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. What is it all? Dependent upon listening to him. Listening to him. Now he speaks to us through his word, through his spirit, through his people. Did you notice in 1 Peter 5, you younger submit yourself to the elders. And that's not just talking about only physically elder, spiritual elders. God will talk to you through others as well. Many times this is where it gets iffy. What do you mean? Well, God's trying to help someone through some another person, but they won't listen because it's them. Tell the truth, God was already saying the same thing to them, and they weren't listening. So he's trying to help them out by bringing it through another channel, by some confirmation. And if the more you don't listen... It has a hardening effect on your heart. I want you to think about what happened with Pharaoh in Egypt. When uh, 
God delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage. He sent Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh and he told them, you know, God revealed himself as who he was and said, these are my people, let my people go. And did Pharaoh listen to God? No. He wouldn't listen to God. And every time he wouldn't listen to God, he hardened his heart and got harder and harder. And finally, you know, days and weeks into this and judgment after judgment after judgment, his own counselors came to him and said, look, the country is destroyed. Would you let these people go already? And his refusal to listen absolutely destroyed the country destroyed their crops. They lost the firstborn in every family. I mean, they were devastated. Why? Refusing to listen. Refusing to acknowledge. Do you have to listen to God? Obviously, you don't. Most of the world doesn't. But it will allow the destroyer to devour you. See, whom may he devour? Those who don't resist him. Well, those not listening to God, they're resisting God and yielding to the enemy. Well, he can devour. He can destroy. And the harder your your heart gets and the more you resist and won't listen, that's the worst things we'll get. You, You will be devastated. You will be destroyed. In fact, Proverbs 29 says it like this. Proverbs 29, 1, if you put it on the screen for us. He that being often reproved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. You've often been reproved, but you wouldn't listen. What's this series about? Don't give the enemy any place. One of the biggest ways you can give the enemy place is by yielding to this spirit of defiance. Can you see this? This spirit of disobedience that works in the whole ungodly world. Phyllis and I have been in the ministry in, I guess, a year and a half or so. We've been in the ministry for 40 years. And we've had a lot of people work with us, work under us, even before we had churches and, and that kind of thing. And some of the most heart-wrenching times in ministry have been when as leaders and elders, we knew somebody's going the wrong way. And the Lord would deal with us to try to talk to them. Now, you never want to try to take the place of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. All of us need to be led for ourselves. But also the Lord will use People to help you if you listen. And there's been times I've talked to people and they just, you could tell. I'm thinking of this one young man one, one time when I was in, at Ramah and he was going the wrong way and I tried to talk to him and he stood there and he started shaking. And he said, Well, I'm not going to do it. See, he's fighting his own spirit. His own heart is telling him. And it's that that spirit 
of defiance and pride and disobedience. He, he wanted to show me he didn't have to listen to me. And he didn't. And it messed up his life. I'm next thing you know, I didn't do it to him, but he got uh, expelled from the school. And I didn't do it. I didn't tell on him. I didn't do anything to him. But he just didn't listen. Thinking of a pastor one time. I, uh, and I don't do this. I, I, I believe in people being led for yourself. And unless the Lord specifically directs me to say something about somebody's business, I pray for them. Lord, you help them to see it. They got the spirit. But there are times when people are about to go off the cliff. And they hadn't listened to God and hadn't listened to others. And the Lord will do some extra things to try to save. And this, uh, thinking of this, this minister, I, I tried to talk to him and he was going to go to this city and do these things. And, and I, I just knew in my heart, you're missing it, brother. And, I, I, and without just saying that, I, I tried to talk to him that he did not need to go there. I even told him, I said, this can cost you your marriage and your family and your ministry. I looked at him in the eye and told him that. The next day he left to do it. You know, the Spirit of God through Paul said on occasion he to church he's writing to in Corinth, he said, he said, did the word of God come only to you? You know, other people have the Spirit beside you. Right? And um, we need to show respect to the Spirit in others, not to look to somebody else to lead us. I know another minister, same kind of thing. I, I, I tried to talk to him. I said, don't, you know, this is not right. This thing you're going to do, this is not right. And uh, same thing with him. He, he, I could see his face when it hardened. Well, I'm going to do what I think I should. I said, okay. Okay. And it did. It cost him his relationship with his children. It cost him his ministry and his health. Now, all of us have made mistakes, but do we have to be fools and won't take heed and won't listen? This is how the enemy is able to devour. He's able to steal, kill, and destroy. It's one of his main points of entry and access is if he can work through your flesh, through your anger, through your bitterness, through grudging, through any of these things to get you to harden your heart, stiffen your neck, and nobody can tell me. (laughs) Well, what did the Bible say? After you've been reproved numerous times and you won't listen, it'll come quick. Destruction will come quick and there's no fix. It's not because God couldn't fix it. It's because what? You won't listen to him. You won't listen to him. Life is short. Very, very short. We don't have to stumble around and try a thousand things that don't work and waste years and efforts and resources. God has a plan. I said he has a plan. It's already perfect. His plan's pre-blessed. You don't even have to ask him to bless it. Because it was his idea. It comes pre-blessed. 
If we were smart, we wouldn't make a bunch of plans of our own. We would just seek him. Is that right? Seek his face. Seek him to get his plan. And when he says something to us, even though it sounds different than what we thought, or it rubs our flesh the wrong way, or or somebody who knows us the wrong way, we listen to him. Oh, somebody say, I listen to him. I listen to him. I listen to his spirit. I listen to his word. I listen to his leaders. I listen to his people. I listen to him. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let me lead you in a prayer over this. Thanks be to God. Just close your eyes and focus on him. I could tell you a lot of good stories, too, about people that uh, have listened to us. Right? I mean, uh, just the last, I don't know, six months or so, we've had numerous folks in our camp, in our group, that they were in a lot of trouble. But God gave us things, and they listened. Hallelujah! They, They listened and now they were supposed to have been dead two years ago. They're healthy and fine right now. Glory to God. They, they were going off and, and their family was being destroyed. And other things. Now they're, they're good. They're restored. They're... So people are listening. Some are. And no, who are those that the enemy may not devour? It's the ones who listen to God and who won't give in to the enemy's spirit of disobedience. Say it out loud, Father God. I choose you. Come on, just focus on him. I choose to keep under my body. Bring it into subjection and not yield to the spirit of defiance and disobedience. I choose to submit to you, humble myself, and listen to you, and obey you. Help me to pray anything further about this and about the, the present and the next days to come that I may give no place to the spirit of rebellion and disobedience but that I may follow you fully This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.